Welcome to episode 83 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing if you should perform partial or full range of motion squats, if you should take whey protein, and how we find our coaches for Achieve Fitness. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. What's up, Achievers? Episode 83. Yeah, we're still here. Still no, still no baby. <laughs> we we were on full on baby watch this past weekend, but uh, you know, too, much to our chagrin. Is, it, is that how you say? It? I think that's the much, appropriate. Much to our chagrin. Yeah. Um, the baby, the little not guy, the little guy. I almost said his name. Oh, that would have been crazy. <laughs> Luckily, little, we could edit it. out. Yeah, we could edit it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're we're still on we're still on full on a uh, baby watch so. Yep, he's no. just super comfy in there. Yeah, he's just cooking, cooking in the oven. Yeah, it's getting a little bit bigger. Um, again, much to Lauren's dismay. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's definitely to my dismay. I think Saturday morning you're you're literally like, I think he's getting bigger by like, the second. I feel like I'm gonna have a ten pound baby. <laughs> I really hope not. So we're back on a Monday. Yep. Lauren just had a little little bit of a power nap, and I had to pull her out of bed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I was uh, a little sleepy. Yeah, you've had some funny moments actually. I mean, you like there was one time where. I said that we couldn't turn on the AC because it would make too much background noise and you had an ice pack on your head. You, you come into the podcast starving. Like you've had yeah. all, all these things, but you make all the sacrifices for It's for all for you guys. Yeah. I, just, I just love I love our podcast audience too much. Okay, so our first uh, question or rather uh, topic of discussion was brought up, brought up to us uh, by one of our members, Brian. And he referenced a um, an Instagram post that he saw. The handle is evidence-based movement. And they did a bit of a research review on one of their Instagram posts. And they basically took a few studies. And uh, the, the few studies basically were trying to compare and contrast the benefits of using partial range of motion squats versus full range of motion squats. And I think they identify full range of motion as just being below parallel, um, and then partial range of motion as being at about a 60 degree knee bend. And he was wondering uh, what we thought of these two studies, um, especially because I think he knows that we're very much fans of full range of motion work for the vast majority of exercises. Um, and so I took a look at the studies, and basically the take-home points this post said were two, two of them. Number one, if you're trying to maximize power production, partial squats appear to be better. Number two, if you're trying to maximize hypertrophy and strength gains, full squats appear better. And so basically, if you're looking at these research studies and you take a look at them from just like a very broad perspective, um, you can really easily easily be swayed to think that there is just a general blanket um, black and white answer, yeah. right? And so a lot of people can take these studies and be like, okay, because it says that power production can be increased through partial range of motion squats, I'm only going to do partial range of motion squats. And that's a not great way to go about doing things because number one, these research studies can really be flawed. And number two, they don't really take a, a person's whole training history into consideration. And so these studies, first of all, this study, these two studies are from um, like 1998 and 2000. So they're about 20 years old. And a lot of these research studies it's difficult to put a lot of stock into them because they're taking usually like a handful of college students who are looking to get a little bit of money on the weekends and by performing these studies. And so they're usually totally untrained individuals. And so it's really, 
it's really difficult to t like to put a lot of stock into these research studies. Um, so having said that, let's say that this was true. It was true that power production can indeed be increased using partial range of motion squats, which I actually don't doubt um, because like if you're going to do a vertical jump, let's say, you want to go through a full squat before exploding up, you'd go through a more of a partial range. So I can definitely see why that would apply. And so for us at Achieve, the, the big thing we're looking at in terms of why we promote full range of motion squatting is because we're looking at things from more of an overall functionality lens, not just from purely does this increase strength, does this increase muscle mass, does this increase power. We're just looking at it from more of a functionality standpoint. And so anytime we try to develop qualities um, within a member from a physical standpoint at Achieve, what we're looking at first is trying to establish as broad of a movement base as possible. The bigger the movement base, then we can then put strength on top of that movement base. After developing strength, we can develop a lot more power. So basically, the wider each base is, the greater potential for power there's going to be. And so we always try to strive for full range of motion uh, movement before trying to go for power production. And so what we think is that if someone is really honing and practicing full range of motion squats, trying to get below parallel, what two things end up happening. Number one, they really optimize their ability to balance throughout the entire squat pattern. So they're able to go through the full squat range of motion by really leveraging their center of mass over their base of support. So that's what we define by balance, meaning that they're able to center that center of mass over their base of support. And number two, by utilizing their full range of motion, that means that they're accessing their full mobility uh, potential throughout that range of motion. And so with these two qualities in mind, it develops a big, really broad base for us to then strengthen that pattern. And so again, we like to strengthen a full range of motion as much as we possibly can. And so the more we strengthen that range of motion and the broader that strength base is, the more potential for power production that can come later down the line. And we can use that by, we can develop that by doing box jumps and other plyometric progressions like depth jumps and, and Olympic lifts and whatnot. By jumping right to partial range of motion squats, it's not really going to yield the power production benefits that one might think if they haven't first set up the proper bases of movement and strength first. I totally agree with that. And I was wondering about the study, if it was saying that partial range of motion squats increase power production more than full range of motion squats, or did it just say you can develop more power from partial range It, it of did say that you can develop more. More power. More, yeah. yeah. So, but again, like you said, it's just really interesting because you don't know what kind of backgrounds these people had that were that were studied yeah so you don't know if they had already spent years doing full range of motion right. squats and then did a phase of partial range of motion squats and tested their mm -hmm. vertical jump yeah or if they were just like brand new if they're all brand new to it yeah um but yeah i mean even still just from what we've seen and from what we've read and and learned from a lot of the people who i mean we've learned from a lot of people who train olympic level athletes mm -hmm. um they always talk about creating that movement base first mm -hmm. and it, it just makes total sense. So. Yeah. And so, you know, there might be a time and a place where someone can start to do in our minds, partial range of motion squats for that very specific purpose of strengthening that small range of motion. But we think that it should only be applied once they have a really strong movement base and once they've really strengthened that movement base as much as they can. 
And so, you know, people shouldn't be really striving to go for really heavy partial range of motion squats until they can get pretty solid strength through their full range of motion squats. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I, I don't want to say like a, a blanket statement of like, you should be able to squat two times body weight before you start doing partial range of motion because, you know, there's so much variability within that from person to person. But just being very strong within a full range of motion before trying to gravitate towards a partial range of motion. Because heavy loads with partial range of motion, again, if you first have an established strength throughout the full range of motion and good movement base uh, throughout that range of motion is going to lead to weak links and compensations and it's gonna pull you in a direction that isn't great. Like, so if someone is squatting really heavy uh, with a quarter inch squat without first establishing strength throughout a full range of motion, more than likely, they're going to start to develop some habits where maybe their upper back rounds, maybe their weight shifts forward, um, maybe their knees come in. All these things happen because, again, they haven't developed that proper base of movement and strength before it first. And so that's why we always recommend full range of motion first um, before going into more of the power production um, specific type drills. Yeah, and two more points there. One is that if you start with partial range of motion and then and get really strong there and then decide you're gonna start increasing range of motion, you haven't strengthened the bottom of your squat and if you start to try to do that with those heavy loads, mm -hmm. that would potentially lead to injury because you're just not, your your body's just not trained in that range of motion. Yeah, so it's just um, a, a backwards It's just approach. a little bit backwards to go that way. Number two is just always really asking yourself why you're doing something in the first place and the only people who really need to improve their vertical jump like need to improve it are mm -hmm. like volleyball players and basketball players yeah and maybe football players yeah um but i can't really think of a lot of reasons for kind of a general population person who's just trying to get fitter who needs to be able to jump higher it might be a want or like you know recreational sports yeah. you might want to do it but like is it going to be more important to you to be able to jump a half an inch higher or is it going to be more important to you to be able to move through a full range of motion to not worry about um squatting down and picking something up off the ground and hurting yourself anything yeah. like that so just always asking yourself like why like when you're making one of these decisions what is the most important thing to you and then picking the exercise yeah like health and longevity and joint integrity are going to be much are going to play much bigger roles as you know people get older unless they're really being competitive in a specific sport and you know being a professional that gets paid for that sport right, right. yeah um you know another note to go off of this is um, some power lifters, power, power lifters will perform exercises like board presses where they purposely shorten the range of motion and they can really overload that lockout position and their triceps um, and their just end range pressing control gets really um, magnified because they use these board presses where um, they put basically a board on, like on top of their chest and the bar goes to the board rather than their actual chest. But these power lifters don't go to these specialized accessory exercises until they've developed a lot of strength within the full range of motion bench press. So again, for these, even for these people that are just looking to develop strength overall, they're not going to do shortened range of motion exercises first before full range. They're gonna go full range before very dedicated pockets of their training, they go shortened range of motion. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. The second question comes from Ravi Rathod, 96 and he said i've started a good diet and cardio for weight loss now i am 67 from almost 80 from 89 
kilograms. So basically, <laughs> he's lost 22 kilograms. Um, now I want to start making ripped body, but someone told me that you have to start whey protein. Is it needed to take whey or any supplements? If yes, then please suggest which one is good for me as a beginner. I'm 31 years old, five, height 5'7". Five, please, please help. Yeah. Um, so basically, I mean, he's had really impressive weight loss, um, totally. already. That's a, that's a lot of weight lost. And, um, we don't know exactly what he's been doing, but it sounds like just improved his diet and added cardio. Um, yeah. and now he's asking about whey protein. So I, I mean, whey protein or any supplement really is always going to be, and he's doing this in the right order. It's always going to be something to add as as it's called a supplement, not to rely on for results. Mm. Um, especially something like whey protein, it's not going to, uh, people always think like, oh, it's just going to like pack on muscle. <laughs> and people are terrified. Like I know a lot of women who are like terrified of whey protein because yeah. they're like, should I really be having that much protein? Am I going to get huge and bulky? And meanwhile, like most people aren't getting enough protein in their diet overall anyway. Totally. And whey protein has like one scoop has like a hundred calories. Um, so it's yep. not going to add a lot of calories to your diet, um, <laughs> which makes it a really good supplement because when we do have too little protein in our diet, it's harder for us to maintain and build muscle mass. When we don't have enough muscle mass, we, our metabolism is a little bit slower. We aren't able to maintain the muscle that we're trying to put on in the gym. And by just adding one scoop of protein, you get a quick 20 grams of of, or sorry, one scoop of whey protein powder, a quick 20 grams about of protein without a ton of calories. So yeah. it's not like eating a whole piece of chicken where you're also getting fat and other other calories with it. Um, it's just direct protein. Yeah, it's also just super convenient to be able to, after your workout, just mix some protein powder with water and have just immediate source of protein right there, right then and there, um, especially in that sort of like you know, window of time after a workout that might be slightly optimized from a nutrient timing standpoint. Yeah. Um, what I would say here is, so it sounds like what he mainly did for his weight loss was cardio and, and diet. And now he's looking to, he said, make or get a ripped body. So basically he's looking <laughs> yep. to put on muscle. Um, but before, so before starting a whey protein supplement, um, as your number one, it would, you would have to start a strength training regimen. As yes. your number one. Yeah. Um, that's gonna have to come first. If it just if you just continue to do cardio but add protein, it could help a little bit. It could help to put on a little bit more mass, but it's not really gonna do much. Um, yeah. if if the cardio is your main go-to for exercise. Yeah. So you're really gonna have to start adding a strength training routine on top of increasing your protein in intake. Um yeah, and this kind of points map, maps back to the previous um, question where we said, you know, we want movement base first, then, then strength, then power. Um, as far uh, as like a little pyramid for this particular question, um, he would really want to go for a big strength base of workouts, and then he'd want to attack quality nutrition second. Um, so things like actual, you know, you know, whole proteins, good, good carbs, um, you know, vegetables, Lots of vegetables, fruit. fruits, just like, you know, all, all the, all the standard, you know, quote unquote, good foods out there. <laughs> um, and then thereafter going after supplements and other things that could enhance, um, his overall nutrition and exercise plan. Yeah. Um, I would definitely say it would benefit, but definitely not a make or break situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're thinking that it's going to be like, if you if you don't take it, you'll never be able to gain muscle. That's absolutely not true. Mm -hmm. If you do take it, it also doesn't mean that you're just naturally going to gain a bunch of muscle. You have <laughs> yeah. to do something on top of taking it. So it's like Jason said, it's not a make or break, but it can 
it, it can enhance your results. It can enhance what you're already doing. Yeah. So if you start a good strength training routine, then absolutely whey protein can enhance those results and can help you to put on more muscle. Um, but it won't be the it won't be the only thing. Yeah. That will do that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. And then our last question is from Coach J. Don't Play. <laughs> great, <laughs> great uh, handle. She said, what... I should change my handle to that too, actually. <laughs> I know. That's... You'll have to be Coach J. Don't Play one. One, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you look for when hiring your first coach for Achieve? Obviously, you want the person to care and be loyal to you, but where do you find these people? Love That's a great this. Question. Yeah. Where did we find these people? Where did we find these awesome people? <laughs> um, you know, number one, um, I love what she put about like, you know, obviously they need to be caring and loyal and what was this hardworking, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically we we never I mean, we rarely ask anything in the in terms of what their like exercise background is or whether or not they have a college degree or how many certifications they have. The biggest thing that we're looking for is does this person Will this person fit into our environment, our team environment, um, as it stands at that moment in time? Um, so we're always looking for: Do they align with our core values? Do they align with our community? And is this is is this person someone who we, we can just hang out with and just have a good time with on a daily basis? Though that's that's the biggest thing that we're looking for. Yeah, I mean, the first several people that we've hired, it's always been about. Like, can they, do we feel like they can relate to our members in the same way that we relate, relate to them? Mm -hmm. Because yep. when it, when we started, it was just Jason and I. And so yeah. we kind of set the tone for the way that we wanted the culture to be, the way that we wanted the community, community to, to be. And then that's what people came to expect. So then when we needed to hire someone, we needed to hire somebody who's going to just naturally step into that community and that environment and be able to maintain it and continue it and, and add to it yeah and so yeah that was the the most important thing for us was to get people who came in and they they cared about our members they were friendly they were positive they're uplifting they complimented people like mm -hmm. just kind of the things that we had already started to implement yeah we needed people to keep that going and we want that just innately built into them yeah. and it's not because we think that our way is the best way we just need it so that it comes so natural that it doesn't, it's not forced and it doesn't take like anything out of them to be this person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because if it does, you, I mean, it'll never last. Yeah. Totally. Like if they're putting on a show, it's, it's not going to last. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, eventually, like if they have a tough day, like, you know, it just won't happen. So that, that's what we're always looking for. Does this come to them very naturally? Yeah. And so now over time we've, now we have a developed, uh, you know, a, a team of coaches and a team of, you know, front desk and managers that all exhibit these values. And now also our members really exhibit these values. And then furthermore, we really put out these messages on our social media, in our marketing, on our Facebook, podcast, whatever it might be, hopefully that we're exuding <laughs> positivity, inclusivity, we're being supportive and welcoming. And more often than not, uh, coaches are going to find you because of those core values um, because it resonates well with them, right. right? And so if someone was not very positive, uh, more than likely they'd be like, oh, it's probably not the right fit for me. Right. Yeah. I mean, so one of the first, co one of our first coaches, Sarah, mm -hmm. um, the way she found us was she was just, she was going to be moving to Boston from yeah. New Jersey and she was just looking up gyms and she liked the video on our website that was like, when we had, it was from when we had 25 members yeah. and it was just you and I, and the video was just 
a couple of our members talking about what the environment was like at Achieve and Jason and I talking about our mission and what we're looking to accomplish. And it just resonated with her, even though like now looking back, we look at that video and we're like, there's no <laughs> one in this. Like there's no one in the gym. It's there. We had no members, but yeah. we knew what we were building and we had the, the key players in place already, our members to be starting to build that for us. Mm-hmm. And Sarah felt that she felt that even from a very, um, small peek into what was going on. Yeah. And so she just reached out and she said, and the, the reason that she stood out to us was because she didn't say, I'm looking for a job in Boston. I'm a trainer. She said, I, I watched your video and I, I really believe in what you guys are doing. And mm-hmm. I, I think I could contribute to that environment. Yeah. I think she, I remember her telling us that she had like, you know, five to 10 tabs open on her browser of different places that she could potentially work. Um, and she just kept coming back to our video and just the message that we were trying to uh, portray in it. Yeah. Um, and that was really the difference maker for her and why she wanted to come on board. Um, and obviously now she's our fitness director and a huge, just plays such a massive role in what we do at Achieve. Right. Um, Ted found us through um, a men's fitness article. Yeah. Um, I guess we were named uh, one of top 50 um, gyms in America by men's fitness. Um, I guess he read the little blurb. He's from... Um, Vermont, but he, I think there was a period of time where he was just commuting back and forth from Vermont mm-hmm. to Boston just to uh, go through some training, training periods with us. But again, he had, after he saw us on that article, he delved in deeper, looked at our website, looked at our Yelp reviews, looked at just like everything that we did, and it just really resonated with him. And I think the big thing now is that people these days are going to be a lot more considerate of what the work environment and what the values of the company are more so than just will this provide me a stable, safe job that maybe like previous generations gravitated towards, yeah. right? It's going to be more values driven and more will I be happy in this place? Yeah, right? people are looking for a place that they're going to feel like fulfilled by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and you'll only be fulfilled in a place that has the same values as you as you have. Totally. You know, I think probably previously in the past, like. If you ask someone what's what's the, what's most important to you about like a work environment, it might have been like benefits and stability and mm-hmm. security. You know, these days, anytime we ask that question, it's always about like I just want to come in and feel good coming into work. Uh, I want it to feel like family. Like I want to have a good team around me. Like it, I want to feel like I'm contributing to something yeah, bigger than yeah, myself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so we get those quite a bit now, and it's just like so we really try to map our you know behaviors towards getting that across I guess. Yeah. yeah and then from there like it then becomes really easy to start figuring out like once you've had a few hires too it's been really it becomes really easy to figure out who would be the <laughs> right type of person yeah for the job and so now we've like so once we had Sarah and Ted in place our next hire was Emily and Emily was not even a coach no. Emily we kind of plucked off of my football team <laughs> <laughs> um she brought it up first she did mention that she was like, oh, if you guys are ever looking for like a part-time coach or something, like I'd be kind of interested. And yeah. we knew she was an incredible athlete, but it didn't matter to us that she wasn't a personal trainer, that she wasn't really, she had been a softball coach, but she hadn't really had a ton of coaching experience, but we knew what kind of person she was. Yeah. And we knew that she would bring the energy that mm-hmm. we wanted to have in the gym. And that was so much more important to us that we, not only did we hire her, but we didn't even really have a position ready yeah. at that point. But we were like, we know she needs to be a part of this team because she's the, got the right 
the right stuff. Yeah. Like, as right soon as she brought me. that up to us, like we both looked at each other and like had like a you know telekinesis moment or whatever. <laughs> what, what's, what's it called? Telepathic? You, no, uh, I don't know. We're, you basically <laughs> talk talk to each other without actually saying any words. We're like, yes, this is amazing. <laughs> and then yeah. we were already plotting how to actually accelerate the process. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah. Yeah, and then I mean, from there, it's been just very organic. Just finding people. Um, either we reach out to people who we believe would be a really good fit, or they somehow find us. Um, but it, it's become an organic process, but not an easy process. It's still no. difficult, and it still takes a lot of time, and you still make mistakes. Like there's, you know, it's not always going to be perfect, but you can pretty much figure out what is important to someone once you get to know them. And that's what, that's what really matters the most. What's important to that person? Do they, what motivates them? What drives them to mm. be um, a professional? What drives them to be in this industry? And those are the things that matter. And if their number one things are like stability, like Jason was saying, like stability or money or finances, like we understand that those things are important and those, those yeah. things have to be there. You have to be able to provide that for Definitely. your staff. But if that's what's most important to them, they're probably not going to be, the best fit for your environment yeah um and then actually something else i was going to say so you know if, if you're just starting out looking for people um definitely look internally like just ask your members oh, yeah. um, if they have any um you know have, have any friends or uh, even family members or uh, acquaintances that might be interested in you know either switching careers or becoming a personal trainer if they're really passionate about fitness um and then secondly i would say that um Whenever we post any sort of job listing or posting, um, we use Indeed a lot. Um, what we'll do in our job description is we'll always start off with just saying that more than the actual job description, what we're primarily looking for is someone who is, again, positive, welcoming, supportive, um, just at their core. And we just list out some of the just like what type of environment we have, what type of culture and community we're trying to develop. And then a paragraph or two later, we'll actually outline the responsibilities of the job. And then at the end, we'll talk about compensation and benefits and stuff like that. And so we purposely do it in that order because we want to make sure that we get the right people looking at that instead of just looking at responsibilities, compensation, and then just kind of be like, let me just send over a resume. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's just uh, that screens it even further for us. Yeah. And definitely some, some quick screens are like ask people for a cover letter or ask them for a description of why they would like to work for you. Yeah. Um, if they don't do that, then just like, it's not even worth, like if you ask for it and they don't even send it, like yeah. you're not, don't even look at their resume. Like yeah. they, they didn't listen to your, like they didn't even read the description. Yeah. We put out a uh, front desk listing, listing recently and I got like about 75 different resumes and I put in triple asterisk signs, please <laughs> put in a cover letter or some sort of note that says why you think you're a good fit for the job, asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. <laughs> and I think I had eight or nine people actually put some sort of message attached to their resume. Yeah. And so it just narrows it down really quickly. Like, do they actually even listen to Like, did they actually even... Did they even read the listing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or they just like on auto, like send resume, send resume, send resume. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So it's, it's a tough, it's tough because... Like, yeah, a lot of our staff did come to us organically. Um, towards the end. Toward, well... Oh, actually, no. Sorry. No. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From the beginning. But... I think it's because we just kept 
portraying that That's consistent right. message over and over. I think the language that you use in general is really, really important. So picking some keywords that really describe the environment that you want to have at your gym or that you do have at your gym. Like for us, we are, I mean, it's auto autopilot now for us to say positive, inclusive, welcoming, supportive, because yeah. those are just the words that we say over and over again, because that is what achieve is. Um, but it became that because we said it all the time and then we attracted people who liked those words and who liked those feelings. Yeah. And then those people actually do that. And it just is this nice cycle, um, yeah. or snowball effect basically. And so pick the words that really describe what you are trying to accomplish with your facility and use them a lot and people will be drawn, the right people will be drawn to you. Yeah. And definitely don't make it seem like you're, uh, we don't want to make it seem like it's going to sound like a broken record because it's not. You just want to make sure that yeah. you pick four to five keywords and just use them over and over again. You don't want to do words that are kind of like the words that you chose, but <laughs> just continue to use those words. Yeah. Um, and you'll find that just a lot of you know special things happen as a result of you being consistent with the language. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, those are all the questions that we have for your burning questions for today. Thank you so much for submitting them. And if you have more questions, you can DM us on Instagram at AchieveFitnessBoston.com or you can comment on any of our posts and we sometimes pull questions from there. And if you like our podcast and if you like what you're hearing, we would love for you to leave a iTunes review. It means a lot to us. And until next time, peace, love, and, and muscles. muscles.